0: we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We want to welcome you here this morning. We sure are glad you're worshiping with us today. And whether you're new new or uh, you've been here for uh, a long time, we are, are just thankful that we get to come together and sing to the Lord and study the scriptures together. And uh, my prayer is that God will speak to us and encourage our and challenge our hearts this morning. If uh, you have one of those attendance books in the pew next to you, if you don't mind signing it and passing it along, it just kind of helps us to be able to stay in touch and stay up to date on, uh, on what's going on in your life. There's a few little questions there. If, if you want to, if you need some information or need to communicate with us, make sure you, you let us know. If you have a copy of God's word with you, I want to invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 26 this morning. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, while you're turning there, I wonder if, uh, we haven't done this in a few weeks, but I wonder if we might have a couple of volunteers to read some scripture a little bit later on here. I'm looking for two. But would you mind taking, let's see, what's my first one here? Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13. And... Um, I have one more. Sam, would you mind uh, looking at uh, Psalm 66, 16? Psalm 66, 16. Thank you. The title of today's message is Your Story. And uh, we've been kind of going through this, this theme of story. We talked about God's story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I shared uh, my own story and some of the things that God has been doing and continues to do in my heart. And, uh, and, and today, we want to look at your story as uh, we think about what it means to be, be real and open and honest and share what God's doing in our life and also recognize that we're part of what God is doing in, the, in this world. Our, our unfolding story is part of His unfolding story, His unfolding plan of redemption. Uh, we think about uh, how we fit into that plan, and, and part of it is, I mean, there's, there's a lot in the New Testament that we could say about this, but part of it is seeing that your story matters, that you matter to God. Uh, that, that you are essential to the body of Christ. If you, if you don't believe this, just take some time to read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Uh, God has gifted you, God has equipped you, and God has called you to be a part of his body. But there's also, beyond recognizing that, what, what, that who you are and, and what has gone on in your life matters to God and that you matter to the body, beyond that, sharing our stories takes vulnerability. It, t- it takes being real with one another. And that's what we want to sort of look at this morning. Um, there's a, this story will be familiar to probably all of you. You'll As we begin to read, you'll immediately know what's going on and know the context of the story. So in Matthew chapter 26, we're going to read beginning at verse 36. Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with them, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Does this story bother you at all? When you read what Jesus is going through and what he says so just bluntly to the Father, does any of this trouble you? Does it trouble you that even though as the eternal son of God who knew and orchestrated the saving purposes of God throughout all of human history, knowing that redemption required his death upon the cross, does it trouble you that he here at that moment is in such agony that he says, God, if it's your will, can you take this cup away? Does it bother you to see the Son of God struggling so deeply, so obviously in emotional, deep, deep emotional pain? You see, and we've talked about this before, but sometimes we overemphasize the godness of Jesus, the deity of Christ, which we must emphasize because it's, he's fully God that we underestimate and underemphasize his humanity and the things that he wrestled with, the things he struggled with, the pain and the hurt, the sorrow, the, the, the joys. Jesus here is the perfect human expressed a full range of human emotions. He did so without those emotions being tainted in the least by sin. You see, I think that if, if we're going to learn to walk together in unity, learn to develop the kind of biblical community that I believe Scripture teaches us to have, there's going to need to be a, a realness about us. We've said this now for a few weeks, that we've got to be able to take off the masks that we've got to be willing to be real with one another and share our hearts. And this morning, I want to look at this story to see how Jesus did just that very thing, Jesus was completely vulnerable in the garden. And I think there's some things that we can learn as we see his heart. So if you're taking notes this morning, the first thought here is that Jesus was vulnerable with the Father. Jesus was real and honest with God. Now, I want to just give this footnote here, or whatever headline, wherever you want to put it, but... We have to realize that, okay, Jesus was going through something extraordinary. He was about ready to go to the cross to bear the sins of the world. And so, uh, no matter what kind of experiences we walk through in this this world, we're not going to have anything that completely parallels what Jesus is going through here in the garden. But regardless, as humans who have walked this earth, we know that this, this world is full of sorrow and trouble. Jesus himself had told his disciples not long before, in this world, you will have trouble. Just that, in fact, it was that very night. There will be hardships. Many of you could stand up and give testimony to deep, deep things that you have walked through, even this week, this last year. God understands. You see, Jesus has walked in our shoes. He knows what it is to experience deep, deep pain, physical pain but also emotional and spiritual pain. But I love that when Jesus was going through the most agonizing experience of life, where was it that he went? Or to whom did he go? It was the Father. He longed to be with the Father. I wonder if that's the first place you and I run when we're experiencing fear, doubt, worry, hurt. And Jesus hid nothing from the Father. If you look at this, look at his posture. Verse 39, it says, Going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father. Okay, so he, he immediately, he, he went down, just completely prostrated himself on the ground before the Father in just this position of humility and of absolute neediness. And, and then he came with his request and three different times he asked if this cup could be taken from him. And, and, and honestly, like, many scholars and many Christians through the years have struggled deeply with this. They don't like to see Jesus being so real. We kind of want to skirt past this. Like, yeah, but he was, he was, he was really tougher than that. I mean, let's just kind of scoot by this here. But this was Jesus and his humanity feeling the weight of what was about to come. Jesus was not just simply going to be martyred. Jesus wasn't a martyr. He was going as the sacrificial lamb to take our sins upon him. He was going to bear the sins of the world. As if the cross itself wasn't an excruciating enough death, bearing the sins of the world was unimaginable. And Jesus is ex- just expressing the rawness of what He's going through. If Christ could plead as boldly as He did, we should feel free also to unload our deepest desires, and pains, and doubts, and worries, and fears upon God. I said a couple weeks ago that if if we're not fully honest with God, there's a very good chance that we're not going to be real and honest with one another. If we feel like we've got to dress things up before we go and approach God, we're most certainly going to do it with our fellow man. God sees our hearts. He knows what's going on. He already knows those fears, those doubts, those worries, those hurts. He calls us to just be completely real with Him, to be open. How about you? When you're walking through suffering, when you're walking in the midst of trials, do you feel like you can just go before God and share with Him everything? Most of us are pretty good with sharing the stuff we need or the stuff we want. But what about those hurts? What about those doubts, those fears? Trust me, God's big enough to handle it. He can handle whatever we've got to bring to Him, whatever is on our mind and our heart. I think sometimes we worry that He'll find out what we're really like if we let Him in. When I shared a couple weeks ago about how so much of my Christian life, especially growing up and in high school and our youth group. It was about impressing our youth leaders, impressing other godly adults that I really respected. And I always had this mask on. I always had this guard up because if they really, I thought, if they really knew what was going on in my heart, they would reject me. They certainly would think a lot less of me. And I think sometimes we can bring that same approach to our Father, that, that somehow we've got to get it all fixed up and guarded and covered up and protected, and then we, we come to Him with our, our dressed-up Sunday best. Jesus, He already knows what's going on in our heart. He sees it all, and He longs for us to bring and lay it down before Him. That's what our Savior did with the Father. He didn't. He didn't come into the garden and was like, "All right, let's do this, Father." I'm gonna soldier up. Not gonna cry. I believe it's Luke that tells us that he was in such agony that his sweat was like drops of blood, just pouring down on him. It was it was encompassing in him in every way, but he could bring that to the Father. He could be real. He could be honest. He was vulnerable before God. If you need practice with that, I encourage you to go to the Psalms. If, like me, you struggled with coming and just being real before God, David will help you find the words. It's a great place to start. If you're struggling with sin and You don't know how to bring that before God. Go to Psalm 51. David gives you some very, very poignant words, some powerful words. So you can take the mask off before God. He longs for us to come to him with that vulnerability. Jesus was vulnerable with the Father. But you see, Jesus was also vulnerable with others. I think his vulnerability with the Father led him to be real with others. As I thought about what, what passage we could look at that, that talks about this, there, there are so many in Acts that talk about the believers living life together, that, that they were of one accord and, and they were sharing their possessions and sharing their lives with one another. But as I, I thought about their example, I, I kept coming back to the example of Jesus because He was their example in this being real, in this living life, in this in this close knit community, not with a, a distant wall separating us, not with our guards up, but with this openness. And, and Jesus here, I don't believe he was putting on a show for the disciples. Like, hey, I'm going to go through this time of fall agony here so that you guys can see how you're supposed to, to live. No, no, this was real. But he didn't just just isolate himself from his people. I think this is significant. Jesus did not simply say, "Uh, I I just need a couple days alone. Now, he did take time to get alone. But notice here what the text says in verse 37. It says, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now, when you you look at Luke and Mark's accounts, it, it looks like all the disciples were pretty near in, in close and proximity. They were there in, in the garden. But but Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his closest three, and he brought them brought them into the garden there with him to, to pray. And it tells us here, uh, the, these words are just so powerful in the original language. It says, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. There's this this tense here indicating that it's building, and it's, and it's going on and on and on. He didn't experience just a moment of like, Ugh, this is going to be hard. Okay, let's go. This was a, a building emotional pain th- that was causing him great distress. That word sorrowful means to be distressed, to be grieved. There's this heaviness. The, the word troubled there. Um, in fact, some of your translations even say that you felt sorrowful unto death. Uh, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. There, there is this grief that suggests sorrow so deep that it almost kills you. You ever felt that? I know some of you have. I know some of you know exactly what this passage is talking about. No, you haven't gone to the cross and bared the sins of the world. I realize that. But you felt so sorrowful, you thought it was going to kill you. That's what Jesus was experiencing here in the garden. This anguish. What does it look like then to experience that with others? It it means, vulnerability means opening your heart. Vulnerability has been described as as emotional exposure. Letting someone see what you may be inclined to hide and cover up. I think it would have been easy for Jesus to say, Hey guys, stay away. I'll meet you somewhere else later on. Or, hey, I'm going to get arrested and I'll be in the city here in just a little while. I just need to be alone. But he, he had his disciples there. Jesus opened his heart. There's a neat passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 where the Apostle Paul gives us this picture. Butch, would you be willing to read there, verses 11 through 13? There's a lot that we could say about the context here, but basically Paul was having a lot of trouble with the Corinthians respecting him and caring about him. They were holding back because they had begun to doubt his his, uh, sincerity and his qualifications as an apostle. And Paul says, listen, I've been completely open and honest with you. And I love this phrase. He says, we've spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. This is an idiom in the Greek, it literally means to open your mouth to. It means to speak the complete truth to someone, to be, uh, be a person who conceals nothing, to speak the whole truth. Paul says, I've been totally real with you here. When it comes to Jesus in the garden, it was the emotions of pain and excruciatingly deep sorrow that Jesus revealed to his disciples. You see, vulnerability doesn't just simply mean that I can cry in front of others. It's letting them into your heart, your joys, your suffering, your victories, the things the Holy Spirit is teaching you, and on and on we could go. You see, Jesus didn't just show that emotion and that pain before his disciples, but he told them that's what he was experiencing. He says, my soul, the verse, verse, verse 38, is very sorrowful even to death. Some other translations render it this way. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Another says my soul is in terrible distress and misery. Another one crushed with anguish. Jesus let them know what he was experiencing. This might seem like a simple detail, but how many of us suffer in silence? We bottle it up. We don't want to bother anybody, right? How many times have we said things like that? I know I have. I don't want to burden them. They have enough going on already. The problem is that Galatians chapter 6, I think it's verse 2, says, bear one another's burdens. And if we're not willing to do that, we're in disobedience. But if we're not willing to share those burdens, then well, we're robbing others of the opportunity of fulfilling this command. And Jesus here, he, he shared this with his disciples openly, freely. But not only did he tell them what he was experiencing, which we need to learn to be able to do, but then he actually told them what he needed. You know, sometimes we, in our sorrow and everything, we don't know exactly what we need, but sometimes we do. We're afraid to ask for it. And Jesus said here, remain here and watch with me. He says, I'm going through excruciating agony and I need you guys right now. Do you know that it's not wrong to need people? I'll tell you what. I, I think the, the, the rest of the world does a better job of this than America. We, we have trained ourselves from, I think, infancy to be very independent people. And, and many of us are like that. Hey, I, I don't, I don't want to need anybody. But Jesus here, okay, mind you, the Son of God... The creator of the universe, he needed his disciples, and he needed something from them. Remain here and watch with me. As we think about being the kind of people who are willing to open up others to our story, and to listen and and come into the story of others others in in our midst, vulnerability is essential, and it means opening up our heart. A couple of things to add on to this. Secondly, that vulnerability does not mean that we have to share everything with everybody. We actually kind of see that in this passage, that Jesus brought only Peter, James, and John into that place closest to him where he could share this this deep struggle. Now, uh, he did actually sovereignly include this in the scriptures so we actually all get a front row seat to Jesus' agony in this case but being vulnerable doesn't mean that you've got to throw it on social media every struggle every heartache every experience but to have that peter james and john have those people in your life that you can draw in And you can be real with, and they can be real with you. Thirdly, vulnerability is only born in relationship. Jesus was with his disciples constantly. He had a relationship with them. I've never done a study on this, but this occurred to me this week, and I'd I'd love to go back sometime and, and read through this. But to see how he was with outsiders, and especially the Pharisees. Jesus Jesus didn't didn't talk or act like this with everybody including the Pharisees and others who were not interested in what he had to say Jesus recognized that there there were there, there was a relationship that went on and with those who were closest to him he had a different tone frequently and it's okay to do that it, it's okay to be that way you may not you probably shouldn't come in here in the church building and, and just like stay out in the foyer and, and shout out everything that you're struggling with. I mean, if you want to do that, it's okay. But like th- there is a there is a relationship. There's sort of that that trust that becomes built as you spend time with people. But if 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 you're never getting that that time with people, there's not going to be that trust being being built. There's, for those who have, I mean, I've only read and, and heard the stories, but there's, there's a reason there's movies and shows called like Band of Brothers during the military. Because you walk through things together in, in, in those moments, and you experience this closeness, this intimacy that, that makes you like family, I believe that's why the Scriptures use family metaphors and imagery throughout Scripture, because that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to walk through the battles together and forge that bond of brotherhood and sisterhood. But it can only happen in relationship. The fourth thing I want us to see about vulnerability, though, it means that we will get hurt. It's impossible to be real over a period of time with people, and not be let down sometimes. It doesn't mean we should stop doing it. Jesus experienced that very thing here in the garden. He told them what he needed. My soul, my soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Remain here and watch with me. What does verse 40 say? And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Can you hear the hurt in Jesus' voice? I don't believe Jesus said this with snark. I, I, I don't believe Jesus said this dispassionately. I believe he came back to the disciples and found them sound asleep and in this moment where he needed them the most he was deeply wounded couldn't you couldn't you just watch with me for an hour I just told you that I'm so broken-hearted that I'm gonna die and you're asleep i I, I believe that Jesus here he he was, he was hurt. And when we, listen, the reality is that when we live life the way that the New Testament calls us to, the way that Jesus and the epistles call us to, walk in the kind of unity that God has called us to, listen, there are going to be times when we're going to hurt each other. That's why so many of the New Testament books talk about the need for forgiveness and being patient with one another and being forbearing and be willing to overlook offenses. Because when you're living in this tight-knit community, you're going to bump into each other. There's going to be a a few elbows thrown. And we're going to be hurt. Being hurt doesn't mean that we should run and say, I'm going to write this off. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm putting the walls back up. I'm still going to go to church, but I'm not letting anybody in. Rather, it's it's an opportunity to grow closer together. Jesus said, listen, I needed you awake, and he actually does it two more times. Goes back for another round of prayer, comes back, finds them sleeping again, chastises them, and then goes back for a third round of prayer. Vulnerability will mean getting hurt. But finally, ultimately, vulnerability should point us to God. You see, as we talk about being real and being open and honest with one another, uh, the point in that is not simply uh, just to Unload to just be able to talk about myself for hours and hours on end. There's also that listening to others. But again, it even still, it, it's not just about being able to talk about myself or to hear them talk about themselves. But ultimately, it, it should be to build one another up in Christ and to bring us into deeper relationship with Him and with one another. It, it's not just about Listen, I'm going to tell you what's going on in my heart and and what I'm struggling with and what's really exciting to me. But it's about about drawing nearer to one another and to God. It's not just a a therapy session as we expose our hearts to one another. But but it's a a heart building and soul building and strengthening time that brings us nearer to God. I love what Psalm 66 says. 16 says, would you read that for us? Thank you, Sam. Hear David's words. You see, God had done some amazing things for David. If we had time this morning, we could recount some of those things. He talks about him in other psalms. But it wasn't just him telling God, God, thank you for what you've done in my heart. It should start there. And I think a lot of us are probably really good at that, taking time to be thankful for what he's done, praising him and worshiping him. But look, for David, that wasn't enough. He says, come, gather around. I'm going to tell you about it. You see, it came back to him wanting people to know what God had done. He didn't want to just talk about himself. He wanted to talk about what God had done in his life. He wanted to point back to God in his work. You see, as we talk about vulnerability, it's not just being able to be vulnerable about about our, our hurts or confessing our sins with one another, like James tells us to do. It's not just being able to share our sorrows. But it's also being able to talk about what God has done in our life. Being vulnerable is being able to call somebody on the phone this week and say, Oh my goodness, I just read this psalm and I've never seen it before. I just was reading this parable in my Bible study this morning and I never saw it in this light. And I just got to tell you. It's being able to invite others in. And this starts with our family, with those under our roof. Come, gather around. I want to tell you what God has done for my soul. You see, vulnerability should, should be a part of the body of Christ so that we can be real with one another. And we ought to be able to share our joys and our struggles and our hurts At the end of the day, it serves a purpose, not just to make us feel better because we got something off our chest, or we were a good listener, all those things are good. At the end of the day, it's so that we might build one another up in Christ, so that we might be strengthened, so that we might be encouraged, so that we might be comforted, so that we might be rebuked so that we can pass on to another generation who desperately needs to hear the good news because we were willing to share what God had done for our soul. You see, this morning, though, I don't want us to look at Jesus simply as an example for us. He is that, and we should look to him as an example, but he's more than that. Jesus was not vulnerable and exposed and humiliated simply so that we could have an example on how to do that ourselves jesus experienced his vulnerability and humiliation so that we might be set free to come out of the darkness and into the light jesus went from the cross went to the cross experienced the ultimate vulnerability by bearing our sins in near total nakedness upon this cross so that we didn't have to wear a mask anymore, so that we didn't, through our good works and our self-righteousness or our, our busyness or our success, cover up what was really going on inside. We could be set free to bring our sin before Him in, in wide-open freedom and say, here I am, God. Nothing to the cross I bring. I got, I've got nothing here but sin. And I need you. Jesus took our sin and shame so that we could live in forgiveness and freedom. My prayer is that you'd be able to experience that this morning. It starts with your relationship with God. Are you living in that open freedom with Him? Do you have that before God today? If not, take off the mask. He sees it all already. He already knows. We're not hiding. We're not fooling anybody. And then let that translate into your relationship with others. Who are those people in your life that you can be real with? If you don't have them, who is God calling you to have that freedom with, that openness, that vulnerability? Not only just so that you could be able to share and to hear, but so that you might give glory to God so that others may know what he's done for your soul. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we see our savior in the garden and the agony that he was experiencing before the cross we 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 know that we've never experienced what he was talking about not fully anyway but i know that all of us in this room have walked through some major valleys and maybe you're in them right now. Father, I pray that we would have that same freedom before you that Jesus did to share exactly where we're at, to freely confess sin, to share our hurts and struggles and joys, and that that would lead us into the hearts and lives of those around us. Lord, open doors so that we might be real and vulnerable with one another and live this open and unhindered life, free from wearing the mask. We Thank you, God, that it's through Jesus that we can have this freedom only because he went to the cross to bear our sins we respond in faith and trust, believing that we can live in that freedom. I just want to invite you this morning, if, if you need to pray, need to pray with somebody or have a time of prayer by yourself, I want to invite you just to, to come to the front and be able to do that here as we conclude. I want to just close with this benediction. And may the Father who chose you, the Son who bought you, and the Spirit who dwells in you. Go before you in your darkness, stand beside you in your fears, hold you up in your sorrows, and give you richness of joy until Jesus comes. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray all of this. Amen. May God bless you this week as you serve him.